You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike, Pensacon, New Jersey. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. So I'm going to talk to you for a little bit, and you'll get a chance to talk back at the end. The idea of this time is I'm given a space to reflect together and what is coming up in us as a body, what is coming up in you is for all of us. So we're practicing that, that reality that's described in the New Testament when, when we do this. So let's do that. So uh, got my 2020 memes. I'm gonna start with a meme every time because I think memes are our, uh, they're our new kind of lament. Uh, a way to feel the the crappiness of, of what's going on together. If you wanted to look at it at circleofhope.net slash Newton Lake Park, you can. But just imagine you're going down a super fast slide and the bottom of the slide, you know, it's like a metal slide, happens to be a giant cheese grater. <laughs> that meme is 20 years old, says the memeologist. 2020, it'd be like that sometimes. Lament is, is as wonderful as it is because it's public. It's a shared grief. What, whatever we are lamenting is terrible, but sharing it feels good. Uh, maybe that meme does it for you. But let me paint one more picture about lament from this brilliant movie, Inside Out. Anybody seen Inside Out? Hey Jude, you seen Inside Out? That movie with Joy? She looks like Tinkerbell a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should watch it again because it's really good. Um, and I'm gonna spoil it if you haven't seen it. So deal with that. <laughs> Riley moves to to San Francisco from Minnesota for her dad's job when she's 11, and we get to see what her insides are doing. All of her basic emotions are characters. Joy, sadness, disgust, fear, and anger. And joy and sadness go on this epic adventure through all of her like subconscious. And the, what they figure out in their journey is that they are both essential to Riley's evolving personhood. And finally, when Riley is able to grieve the loss of Minnesota with her parents, they create a complex memory together that has joy and equal parts sorrow. And this is a new phenomenon. And it makes me cry every single time I watch it. One, because I, I moved across the country when I was a kid. And I had that a similar experience. That's why I think I, I, I discovered on like the third watching, oh yeah, that's why I, this movie happens to me like that. Um, but also, um, it's sad and, I, and it's happy that it's sad. It's like discovering this new mode of being. And I think that's high level emoting. And I, I, I invite you into that. It's not easy to do. It's much more easy and more common to be uh, concrete, black and white. Let's, so let's watch Inside Out sometimes together, sometime together, okay? Because we need, we need God to comfort us in all of this difficulty. So let's get Jesus into this mess with us. 
Today I want to tell you two more stories uh, from the Gospel of Luke about two rich guys with a lot to lose. There's the rich young ruler who doesn't get named, and Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Both are rich, but the one guy got his riches, quote, the right way, and the other guy got his riches, quote, the wrong way. The rich young ruler, he's just a rich guy. Uh, probably from a rich family because his name is Ruler. I don't know exactly what that means. But Zacchaeus is a tax collector, which means he got his wealth from the blood, sweat, and tears of his own people. He is an operative for what was, by all accounts, a very oppressive system. You think the IRS is bad? Check out Roman taxes in the empire. Especially if you were poor, some historians think that the poor, because they had such a small income to begin with, were, were taxed more than 50% of that income. They were subsistence people, and so what money they had, half of it or more, was going to the empire. Tax collectors also were notorious for skimming off the top and exploiting the system to their advantage. You know, there's no turbo tax. By the way, they skim off the top, <laughs> but uh, it's not like kind of straightforward. You know, it, they could easily get us. There's no uh, consumer board that's watching out for us to make sure that the companies aren't lying to us. They're lying to us. Um, but nonetheless, it was a lot worse in first the first century when a lot of people weren't literate. You know, it's easy to get taken um, and, it, and it's messy stuff. But the thing these men have in common, these rich guys have in common, they're both looking for Jesus. And I think we've all come here. Something we have in common is one way or another, we're all, we're all looking for Jesus. The rich young ruler, he catches Jesus in a conversation. Like he catches up with him and is able to have a face-to-face. -face. Um, maybe it was in a big crowd Maybe he pulls Jesus aside and only the disciples are, are, are the ones that witness their conversation. But the rich run, young ruler, he steps to Jesus. He has a place with Jesus. He wants to have a conversation with Jesus, so he has one. Whereas Zacchaeus, he's looking for Jesus too, but he doesn't think that he can just walk up to Jesus. He knows that he's bad, so he can't just step to Jesus uh, I love the little detail, and we're going to read the whole stories here. Um, but he, Zacchaeus is short, so he has to climb a sycamore tree and, and, and get so he can see Jesus. And Jesus sees Zacchaeus up in the tree up there and invites himself over to Zacchaeus's house for lunch. Similar guys, different guys, come, they're both coming to Jesus. Let's, let's read both these stories. Um, they're linked at circleofhope.net slash Newton Lake Park. And can we get two readers with the, 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 that feel like they have big enough voices to read each of these? It's Luke 18, 18 through 27. And then it's kind of back to back, Luke 19, 1 through 10. Go ahead, Bryce. Yeah, go with the rich young ruler in Luke 18 first. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
one is good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Peter heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? <laughs> Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Thank you, Bryce. Now someone else with Zacchaeus, Luke 19, 1 through 10. Thank you, Donna. and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Thank you, Donna. So both these guys are looking for something. Zacchaeus is climbing a tree to get a look at Jesus. The rich young ruler might be looking like he's pretty put together, but why is he asking this question? He's got something bubbling up in him. Maybe they're experiencing some kind of storm, like we always are, but like we definitely are collectively right now in many ways. When you're in the storm, what are you looking for? When you're looking for someone or something to save you, what is it? What are you looking for? These men, I think, uh, revealed an answer to that in different ways that might resonate with us. The rich young ruler, probably looking for a lot of things, but he's looking to justify himself. All these things I have kept since I was a boy. Could being right and good, which is a label that even Jesus rejects for himself, could that be what he needs? Could that be what I need? Is that going to get me out of this storm, just getting it right? 
I think that he's struggling with that, but that's kind of the framework that I imagine he's coming with. Okay, I did all the right things. Am I good? Good teacher. Am I good? Are we good? Jesus said, well, I'm not good, so how can you be good? <laughs> Does Jesus just want this guy to lose? You know, it says that when, when he had said this, then Jesus said this other thing. Like, it wasn't like Jesus saw this guy and said, oh, there's a rich guy, he needs to lose his money. Something about the way that he answered, Jesus intuited this, this reply. He needs to sell everything that he has and give to the poor. You'll, you'll lack just one thing. The disciples hear this teaching about the rich, and they're like, well, then who can be saved? Because they're working with this kind of conventional wisdom that I am blessed when I receive riches. If I'm rich, if I come from the ruling class, it's because God put me there. This guy wants more. I want to credit him for coming to Jesus at all. But the disciples are getting it all kind of turned up on their head. You might be holding to some answers too that need to be turned up on their head. Maybe they aren't working for you as much as they used to. The main thing that I think we all cling to is having an answer and thinking that is what we need. We do faith this way. Faith is having the right answers about God and life and stuff. If I can just believe hard enough, if I can know everything that's in the Bible, if I can be sure about my ideas about God, then I will be safe from the storm. And I think many of us believe something like that. But we're not like the rich young ruler thinking we're good. This is the problem. We believe the same thing as him, but we don't have it. We, we, most of us don't have the self-satisfaction that he does. But we still believe that we have to get all these answers right. But we know that we're wrong. And so we feel terrible mostly. This is how I think most of us are. We have this idea that there is some kind of righteousness that we're supposed to have, but we're on the wrong side of it. We haven't gotten all the right answers. We haven't um, done what we're supposed to do. We don't know everything in the Bible, and so we must not be very good. And Jesus isn't that interested in good. He isn't interested. He he, he isn't interested in uh, some label or some idea that you have right. He's interested in you and what you need. Again, not every rich person needs to sell all that they have and give it to the poor. But this guy did. Jesus looked at him, saw him, listened to his answer, and, and knew that the way that his quest was going to get to the next level is that he needed to, to pay something dearly in order to radically reorganize his sense of who he was. If he was going to follow Jesus with his heart, he had to get this stuff out of the way. And I imagine that there's more than self-justification in his initial quest, but 
Jesus knew what he needed to get to what's next. I think something in you knows something about that quest, trying to get it right. And I think that Jesus is getting us always off kilter, trying to get us into another gear, trying to get us unstuck. This rich young ruler was stuck in an idea of what he needed. And he needed a new idea in order to get unstuck. He needed a storm as big as selling all of his stuff to get free from what he had always known. So if you don't have that much stuff to begin with, you might be in a better spot for following, maybe. And that's why Jesus says, blessed are the poor. Now Zacchaeus, he was bad. And he knew he was bad. We might, I think more commonly people feel like Zacchaeus, especially people who grew up in the church. He was a traitor, he's a cheater, he's a creep. If you haven't seen The Chosen yet, anybody seen The Chosen? It's a, it's a TV show about Jesus, but, they, but they're showing it like on their own app, so it's kind of inaccessible. But I really recommend it to you because the story of Matthew getting called by Jesus in that is really cool. And Matthew was also a tax collector. And how the, the, the story portrays, how they, how they portray on the TV show, Matthew's relationship to his family and to his neighbors is just, oh, it's really interesting. So I recommend that to you. Um, if you read the Gospels, you'll come across this common phrase, sinners and tax collectors. That's who Jesus is hanging out with. They, that's like a, a set piece, sinners and tax collectors, because tax collectors are bad. It's saying sinners and tax collectors is, is, is about the same as saying uh, the worst people around. So Zacchaeus doesn't think that he's good, but he's still looking for Jesus. He just wants to see him. But maybe because everyone's talking about him, maybe because he's he's got a, a spiritual hunger for this this prophet and this miracle worker. And again, I love that detail about short little Zacchaeus has to climb a tree. And just like the rich young ruler, Jesus looks at him. Jesus sees him in the tree and calls out to him. Then they spend time together. What happens in that time, we don't really know. We only see the result. The story kind of jumps here. Zacchaeus makes this, Zacchaeus makes this grand declaration. Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have ever cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus responds, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Time with Jesus brings about salvation. Those who are found, those who have it all figured out, those who are in charge, those who think they are good, who measure all the world against their own goodness, those people walk away from Jesus. 
those who know they are lost, sick, sad, in a storm, Jesus comes to them at the edge of the crowd in a tree and spends time with them. There's no argument recorded. There's no sermon. There's no reasoning. There's no economic discussion. There's no adjudication of good and bad. There is simple president presence and an extraordinary transformation. I think we might begin to rely on this approach for ourselves and others in this storm. Spending time together. What transformation will come? What if we stopped trying to be good and started doing what it takes to see Jesus for who he really is? Spend time with Jesus so you can see yourself as Jesus sees you. What if we did the same with the people in our lives with whom we we disagree, or the people who are not in our life, whom we fear? What if we do what it takes to, to get up in a tree, to take a risk, make a friend, be wrong, admit you're lost, get together, have lunch? This is the means of transformation that has great effect here in Luke. A reasoned policy discussion about religious rules, a court about what's right and wrong there in the street with the ruler and Jesus, that's a dead end. Apparently, right here in Luke 18 and 19, that doesn't work. People walk away from that. But the get-togethers, the love, the, the finding each other, the, the shared space, that does something. That does wonders. That does salvation. Let me pray, and then maybe you have some ideas for how this works, or your own questions and comments. Jesus, you see us. Of this, we are sure. You look at us, you love us and you know what we need, even when we don't. Here we are in a storm, hoping to be together in hope for peace. Peace in the midst of turmoil, the regular stuff and the extraordinary stuff of right now. Help us to Be seen as you see us. Help us to see each other as you saw these men. Give us the space that we need and the time that we need and the patience that we need and the love that we need to see it through to salvation. We're thinking this is how it works and we're acknowledging how different it is from how we might want it to work. So work in our hearts and our minds, transform us, Lord, and give us opportunities to practice your way, if indeed this is your way, 
Give us the wisdom to know and to follow and to trust. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.